Welcome to the Hometown Bluegrass Show weekly podcast presented by Allen Music Shop. Co-hosts Tim Batts and 20-time bluegrass guitar player of the year Josh Williams will talk about the latest bluegrass news, interview folks in the industry, and give you lighthearted stories and music tips along the way. Now, here's Tim and Josh. Hey, here's Tim and Josh. Hey, here we are. Here we are. Where are we? We are in Allen Music Shop, downtown Paducah, Kentucky. That's right. And we are flustered. We got new toys. You got new toys. I got new toys. <laughs> new podcasting equipment that I don't know how to work, but hey, we're figuring it out as we go. It's got lots of cool buttons and lots of colorful lights, and my ADHD <laughs> it really messes with my ADHD. Yeah. It's like, oh, pretty lights. Now you know why I have this baffle between us. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you can't, can't see, see me. It. Exactly. <laughs> Well, welcome to the Hometown Bluegrass Show podcast. I am Tim Bass along with... Me, Josh Williams. Josh Williams. And we are right here in Allen Music, downtown Paducah, Kentucky. And uh, we're sitting here amongst all these fine instruments and great music equipment. So if you get a chance to come by and check out what they've got, then you need to do that. Or you can check them out at allenmusicshop.com. And you can find all the good deals right there. So... But anyway, yeah, did, we've did got you, new stuff. Did, you, did huh? you buy your uh, new equipment at Allen Music? Of course, man. I mean, it's the only place to get stuff. You did know? you? Yeah. yeah. All right. So did you? You got to buy stuff from yeah. them, man, to keep things going. That's right. You know, so uh, a lot of people don't realize it. You can't. It's not just guitars or mandolins or amplifiers. It's it's all kinds of stuff, man. I know it. They've got it all. I mean, they've been in business so long that I mean, they sell a lot of different things. So. A lot of people think it's just a, a guitar shop, but it's really not. But honestly, if it's not at Allen's, chances are you don't need it. Exactly. If they ain't got it, you don't need it. That should be their new tagline. It should be. Yep. So, how you been? You bet you had a good week. I've had a week. Yes, I've had, had a, a pretty good week. Well, that's good. So, uh, you went and played the Grand Ole Opry last weekend, I think, didn't you? I did. I got to go play with my uh, former bandmates and boss, yeah, Rhonda Vincent. The rage. How'd that go? Yeah, it was fantastic, man. It was a lot of fun. Good. A lot of fun. That's awesome, man. And I'm getting to do it again this weekend. Well, who are you playing with this weekend? Rhonda Vincent and the Rage. (laughs) Well, seems to be a pattern here. Yeah. Well, I'm okay with it. I don't blame you. Anytime you get to play the Grand Ole Opry, I mean, you know. Absolutely. That's a lot of fun. How many times do you think you played the Opry? Ooh, I have no idea. I mean, you think like 50, 100, 200? I would probably say I don't know, man. With Rhonda, I'd say I've probably probably close to a hundred. Oh wow! I would think I don't. I wouldn't think it would be more than that, but I could be yeah. wrong. Well, that's pretty cool. So, what's it like when you go when you go to the Grand Ole Opry? I mean, do you get as an artist? Do you get special parking right there at the? Yeah, yeah. So you get your own parking lot. I think I have seen the signs there. Yeah, yeah. The artist parking. Yeah. yeah, artists get their own parking. So uh, your own parking, the, your own entrance. The right? uh, the band members of the artists, we have to park in the back forty. But <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not true actually. Uh, uh, most of the time, we're able to park in a pretty decent spot and yeah. not have to walk too far. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So when you get there as an artist entrance, so you go in with the band and artist entrance or whatever. So. Yep. 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 That's cool, man. And then, you know, they've got all kinds of stuff backstage. Uh, uh, of course, all the dressing rooms and stuff. And most of the time, uh, 
people will keep their doors open. Every once in a while, you know, somebody will shut them just for rehearsal sake or mm-hmm. depending on who it is, you know, you might have to keep them shut just to a point, you know, to, yeah. to keep uh, order back there. But Right. Um, I mean, is it wild and crazy? Like, are, is there people just running everywhere up and down the halls in the back backstage or what? I wouldn't say running. <laughs> well, that was but a figure yes, of speech. <laughs> there, there's a lot of people, and it depends on who's there. You know, on the nights like the, not this last time that I was there, but the time before, uh, Reba was there, and that was a crazy night. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I and bet. then I was there before that. I was there with the Graskels, and Garth was there, and uh, surprisingly enough, it was pretty laid back. Um, of course. I had no idea he was going to be as cool as he was. Like, he was just laid back. Uh, he came and found us to oh. talk to us. Oh, wow. So I thought that was awesome. That is cool. I, I saw you show me the picture of you and him, and that is pretty neat. So He, he said uh, uh, that his dad, basically he was raised on uh, bluegrass, that his dad's favorite band was the Seldom Scene. Really? Yep. I thought that was cool. Well, that is pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. So I know you probably don't get starstruck, but I mean, I would think you would have to be pretty close with Garth Brook. Am, am I right or no? Not, yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah. You weren't quite fangirling it or... No, 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 no. <laughs> but it was cool. Um, I mean, gosh, I started listening to his music at a young age, you know. I mean, he came out in, what, in the early 90s, I guess. And, right. And... Uh, <clears throat> that was around about the time that I started showing interest in music, so I was listening to all kinds of different stuff, and and uh, had already started to play a little bit, you know. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he was. And when I was in high school, we went and saw one of his shows, and holy crap! Probably yeah. the best show I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, to this I, day, I saw him at um, SIU Arena in Carbondale, Illinois, when I was in high school. Uh, no, I was right after high school, I think, but. Um, Cause I am older than you, but not as much as I thought. <laughs> oh, thanks. I think, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty incredible show. That's for sure. So, but uh, well, that's cool. I always wonder what it's like behind the Grand Grand Ole Opry stage, and um, you know what what the feeling is like. And I'm sure there's you know there's such a probably a different feeling for everybody. That, you know, people who've been there hundreds of times, like you, and people who are there for the first time, and um, you know, so that's pretty cool. I also, um, uh, you know, we had Cutter and Cash uh, Singleton on our show, on our podcast a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they just announced they just got invited to play at the Grand Ole Opry next, in a couple of weeks. So, yep, yep. So, in fact, that, they were there uh, Saturday night. They were there with Jeannie. Oh, really? Just mm-hmm. hanging out backstage, yep, hanging out. They came over to the dressing room and said, "Hey, well, that's cool. That's awesome. Well, that's pretty cool." So, well. Any other great uh, news? You're, you're a Southern Legacy band uh, gearing up to get ready to play some dates this summer? Uh, yeah, yeah. We uh, we completed our first weekend, not this past weekend, but last, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, had a great time, had a great turnout, had a really well, you know, like well-received. Uh, and and, and well, let me try to rephrase that in like some English, but it was, we were very well received is yeah. what I mean to say. Well, cool. And that meant the most to me. Yeah. Because it's been a while since I've been out and haven't been able to see a lot of those people in a long time. And, you know, about three years, honestly, it's already been three years. That's hard to believe. I know it. And uh, even three years is too long. Yeah. 
So that was really good to see those folks again. Oh, I'm sure it is. Well, I, I know you're excited to be back on the road again and uh, um, out touring and uh, singing and seeing everybody. So it's got to be cool. And your band is just a great bunch of guys and just, you know, almost an all-star lineup of, of singers and musicians. So you guys are uh, going to be a hit, I'm sure, wherever you go. So, I, You know, I hope so. And even if not, I just hope we... Uh, we're able to make our mark somehow or another, and I hope it's a good one. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be. So um, in the Bluegrass Today news, uh, anything going on uh, that you see that's exciting? Uh, Do not drink the water at the Bluegrass Festivals because everybody's having babies, and I assume it's from the water, right? Oh, well, it must be. Yeah, those um, little pumping water stations beside the Kitmos, maybe. <laughs> yeah, don't drink that. First off, yeah, don't drink that anyway. <laughs> oh, wait, that's a hand-washing station. Yeah. I always um, wonder why it tastes so funny no, at you the know, festival. <laughs> Stephen Burwell, you know, the fiddle player for, he was with Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver, uh, the last uh, form of that, and uh, now he's with uh, 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 Authentic Unlimited, mm-hmm. and uh, he and his wife just had their first child. Cool. Which I think is awesome. Absolutely. Speaking of Doyle, he's going to be our guest here after a while. We're going to get Doyle on the phone and talk to him, so we're excited about that for sure. Yep, absolutely. And uh, let's see. There was some other ones, too. Oh, um, uh, James Falks was born. And do you remember the Church Sisters? From Saturday Night Live? No, no, no. That's the church lady. Oh, the church lady. (laughs) The church sisters are from over in Virginia, and and they're uh, twins, but they sing. Oh, I have heard of them. Yes. yes. So um, Savannah uh, and Sarah are their names, and which they're both now married. And and Savannah has had, I know they have one. They may even have two now. I'm not sure. But um, I know that Sarah uh, just had her first child, so. Congratulations to them. Oh, that's wow. a that's a really big deal. That is and cool. of course, Rhonda Vincent has become a grandmother again. Wow! For the third time. Wow! Yeah. So, uh, Brent and Tinsel they have uh, two kids, uh, and now uh, Sally has had her first child with her husband. So, wow! Yeah, it's pretty cool. So congratulations out there to Rhonda for being another grandmother or for being a grandmother again, I guess. Yeah. One thing I thought was cool was um, um, I used to watch American Idol a lot years ago. I don't watch it as much anymore, but um, the year that Carrie Underwood won, uh, which was like season four, I think, the guy that won runner-up behind Carrie Underwood, Bo Bice, uh, yeah, real raspy voice, uh, Bob Seger um, influence guy. But yeah. uh, anyway, he just come out with a bluegrass album, uh, and it's uh, got some Bob Seger um, remakes on it and um, all that. So I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Bob Seger's cool. Yeah, well, I think he redid a lot of Bob Seger songs in a bluegrass style, so that should be interesting to check that out. You know, one of my favorite songs of all times is "Against the Wind." Oh, and yeah. that's one of Bob's songs, but the Highwaymen cut it. That's mm-hmm. where I learned it from the first time. Oh, really? Yeah. That is cool. Well, you can find all this news and more on bluegrasstoday.com. That's where Josh and I keep up with all the latest news, and yep. we've got all the, the chart-topping songs and different uh, festivals and events that you can find on there, so go support them. Yeah, that's uh, right. Bluegrass Today for sure. So. And uh, say a little prayer for Maddie Dalton, too. Um 
She's the uh, bass player for Sister Sadie. Yeah. So she took a spill at Spigma, apparently. Uh, yeah, we mentioned that on our podcast. And yeah, it's it's it must have been really bad. Well, so well, she's we're out. just gonna give her another shout out yeah. and another uh, uh, quick mention just for prayers and stuff for a quick healing because I know they've got a lot of touring to do this year. No so. doubt, no doubt. They're a busy bunch of girls, that's for sure. You know, I had I had taken a fall back. Um, it's been three or four. No, it's been longer than that because I fell out of the bus. So yeah, Sally was still in the, let's see, it would have been probably 17, 2017 or 18, maybe 19. Anyway, I fell out of the bus, out of the front door from the top step, and I landed on my right knee. And uh, the year that we were actually in New York City, it was the 60th anniversary, I guess, of the uh, the Grammys. And it's, oh, it's... Uh, it was 2018 because that's the year that we won. We could have went from where we were playing. We did the Grand Ole Opry opening in Times Square. Um, and then uh, we went from there. Basically, we went back home. But I had to do the whole thing in Times Square in New York City in, on crutches. So I can, I can understand, what, you know, the pain that that can be. Not only, you know, actual physical pain, but the pain in the rear end it can be too you know no doubt so how in the world do you play uh, guitar with crutches well very carefully i guess they put a bar stool up on the stage for me and uh i literally sat there on the bar stool with my right leg <laughs> kicked out straight because i couldn't do anything with it you know <laughs> that's hilarious yeah it wasn't hilarious at the time well i bet we did have uh, another uh person in the business pass away though i wanted to mention who's that uh her name was ronnie stoneman of the infamous stoneman family oh okay so ronnie was uh a banjo player which is how i got to know who she was um she was on hee-haw for many years you know she was uh uh i don't really know how to how to say what she was she was the the uh, the wife of um uh, not Archie, I can't think of the guy's name. But anyway, one of the main characters there in that show. Uh, but it, she always played his wife, and their skit would always end the same way. She'd be beating the tar out of him with something, <laughs> you know. But uh, she uh, she was an amazing banjo player in her day. Huh. And uh, uh, I got to meet her when I was very young, and she was super nice. And, yeah, so I just, uh, I hate that, you know. I hate to hear about that. But yeah. That's for sure. What a what a great legacy and the amazing show that so many of us grew up watching and so many great talents on that cast of characters that were on there. Oh yeah. And and as far as the Stoneman family goes, you know, mm-hmm. I think uh I think Donna might be the only one that's left now. Wow. It's crazy. Well, we really appreciate you joining in with us on the Hometown Bluegrass Show podcast and um uh, we uh, have a great time bringing this to you. Like I said, we've got uh, some great things coming up. Josh going to give us a guitar pick, got guitar picking lesson. Uh, he, he might give you a guitar pick too. I'm know, not giving but... you any of my guitar picks, man. <laughs> but I actually have a guitar pick that says Josh Williams Band on it. No, oh, yeah. no, it probably says Josh Williams in high gear. There you go. That's what it was. That's I'm many, many years ago. Yeah, lot, I don't know how I ended up with that thing, but. Um, yeah, that's a that's an old pick. Is it one of the real big thick ones? Mm-hmm. Don't throw that away. That's yeah. junk. Uh, 
Well, I really liked it. But. For some reason, that's why I, at the time, that's the kind of uh, of uh, pick I was using. So just to let yeah. you know how toneless I was back then. <laughs> how times have changed. Yes, well, hopefully. Hopefully. Well, this is the Hometown Bluegrass Show, and uh, we... Uh, we do like to uh, hear about your hometown and uh, where you're from and um, uh, maybe what musical influences have come from uh, from your hometown. And uh, so um, we uh, like to showcase um, different hometowns in each uh, episode. So uh, if you've got a home, hometown story that you'd like to tell us about, look us up on Facebook. And um, I know it's kind of funny because in bluegrass music, so many songs are written about hometowns, and that's one of the reasons why I came up with this name for the show. But uh, uh, I guess one um, hometown that comes to mind would be uh, uh, Galax, Virginia. So lots of uh, lots of cool songs have come. Of course, uh, uh, "Pretty Little Girl from Galax," Russell Moore, third time out. Did that song actually come from Galax, or did somebody that was not from Galax write that song? I don't know. I don't either. I'd like to... We'll get Russell on here one of these days, and we'll ask yeah, him. Yeah, we'll ask him about that. But uh, Have you ever been to Galax? I have not. You know, the, the National Fiddles, Fiddlers Convention is over there. Oh, is it really? Oh, In my Galax, gosh. Virginia? There's more fiddles than you could well, possibly ever want to hear. Wow, that's crazy. Well... Looks like a beautiful town, just looking it up online. And, it is. Uh, it's a like very pretty town. It's a beautiful part of the country, for sure, in Virginia, West Virginia area, and, um, of course, at the eastern end of Kentucky, where we, we're at the far western end of Kentucky, and uh, so all you got to do is travel the full length of Kentucky, and uh, you can be over in Virginia and check it out. Hey, Kentucky is longer than you think it is. It really is. I have driven from one end to the other, uh, and it is. It's a long, it's a long haul. Mm-hmm. But it's a beautiful state and a beautiful drive, that's for sure. Well, when we come back, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're going to uh, come back with some great guitar picking. And uh, stay tuned to see what Josh has in store for us. And uh, we'll be right back right after this message. Dort Downtown Paducah, Kentucky is your source for fine guitars and all types of acoustic instruments. At Allen Music, we are experienced and enthusiastic players of everything we offer. Allen Music is family-owned and has been serving musicians since 1976. So stop by and thank them for supporting bluegrass music. Allen Music, 215 Kentucky Avenue, downtown Paducah, or check them out online at allenmusicshop.com. Custom Automotive in Calvert City, Kentucky has been a family-operated business for over 50 years. When you call Custom Automotive, you'll talk to an experienced tire and wheel expert. They install wheels and tires on thousands of vehicles every year in addition to their online sales. Stop by and thank them for supporting bluegrass music. Custom Automotive, Highway 62, Calvert City, Kentucky, 270-395-7611. Or visit them online at customautoonline.com. The Lake House Inn at Sled Creek has undergone complete renovation in 2023. Our outdoor space is unlike any other at Kentucky Lake. With two in-ground pools, 18 rooms, and four cabins, we're just a stone's throw away from Kentucky Dam. If you're looking to make memories with your family, this nostalgic inn is for you. 
Welcome to your lake house, where modern meets rustic and becomes home. Reserve online at lakehouseinn.com. Well, welcome back to the Hometown Bluegrass Show. We do thank our great sponsors for helping us keep great bluegrass music alive and well right yes, here yes, in the yes. good state of Kentucky. And uh, we love being able to record right here uh, at Allen Music Shop. We, uh, For those of you who don't know, we do record the podcast right here in the music store. So uh, we're surrounded by instruments and uh, all the good stuff here. So uh, come by and check them out. Josh actually teaches guitar lessons down here uh, about three nights a week. So mm-hmm. if you've got uh, an interest in... Being a better guitar player, want to learn uh, specific things about bluegrass guitar or uh, anything along those lines, just call Allen Music, and uh, they will be glad to uh, get you on the schedule. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you know I can teach uh, banjo and mandolin as well. That's right. So that's right. Uh, I've had a few people ask for fiddle lessons, and I'm just not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. Yeah, I don't well, want to teach any bad habits that I might have. I understand. But, yeah, if anybody's interested in taking some lessons, just uh, give us a call down here at the uh, music store or look us up online, you know, allenmusic.com. That's right, allenmusicshop.com. Hey, I want to say real quick before Josh plays, um, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Joe Mullins, Daniel Mullins, and uh, all the great folks who put on the Industrial Strength of Bluegrass Festival, which is coming up March the 21st through the 23rd. In Wilmington, Ohio, they've got a great lineup. This festival was the 2022 IBMA event of the year. So um, if you're in the Wilmington, Ohio area uh, or, or close by, go check it out. It's, they've got an enormous uh, lineup of great bands and pickers and people that's going to be at this festival. I'm going to go uh, as a spectator and um, looking forward to uh, to a great weekend to get what away with the What kind of are so, you going as? A spec. Speckled tater. Speckled tater. Yeah. But um, lots of great bands from Lorraine Jordan and Jerry Sally and Donnie Lucy and Daly and Vincent and Joe Mullins and Authentic Unlimited and many, many more. So uh, go check out uh, the Industrial Strength Bluegrass Festival. So Josh has grabbed his uh, guitar and uh, he's going to uh, fill us with his... uh, aficionado wisdom so what are you going to teach the fine folks today josh i think i'm going to do a little uh little sadie little sadie all right and the reason i'm choosing this one is because there's like among the tony rice aficionados um this kickoff that he plays is uh always one that kind of has baffled some folks uh, simply because there's a, a a slide backwards and back up, it's 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 weird to explain, but I, I can show you what I'm talking about. So, so this is his famous song that was on the uh, Manzanita album, and so E minor uh, played out of D minor shape, but on the second fret, capo on the second fret. So. His kickoff would start like this. So it starts on an open G string, which, well, A, but it'd be on your open third string. So up two frets there. And it goes to the D chord. And then he plays an A minor, or a B minor in this case. Thank you. 
part that baffles people most of the time is... So that, that little move there, so... Uh, the one that blows people's minds because it's actually a slide backwards when it sounds like it's going up so Context. And the buggies all standing in line Gents and gamblers standing around Carrying little Sadie to her burying ground Said, young man, your name ain't Brown. Remember the night you shot Sadie down? Shot a little Sadie in the first degree First degree in the second degree If you got any papers, won't you read them to me? They took me downtown, dressed me in black And they put me on a train and started me back All the way back to that Thomasville jail And I had no money for to go my bail Judge had the papers in his right hand. Forty-one days, forty-one nights, forty-one years to wear the ball and strike. Whoa, Ooh, more 
That was awesome, man. Mournful. Yeah, that's a that's a really cool song. The first time I heard that was actually on one of Doc Watson's albums. But then, uh, you know, of course, Manzanita, I I got a hold of that and just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. So Tony had a way of doing that. Man, he did. He really <laughs> did. But he was just like we were talking earlier about being starstruck and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were two people in this genre of music that when I was around them, I was uh, starstruck big time, and Tony was one of them. Uh, another one was Terry Balkum, and then uh, on the female side of things, um, Emmy Lou Harris. Hmm. I couldn't say a word in front of her. Really? I could not do it. Huh. Well, boy, she's an icon, isn't she, man? Mm, yes. Some of the songs she's recorded. Yeah. I've written. been around Dolly Parton with not a problem, you know. I mean, she's uh, just as big a star, if not bigger, in a lot of senses. Well, in a lot of senses, uh, mm-hmm. especially a couple. But, uh, uh, <laughs> um. You know, there's that old joke about, you know, people having big stars playing a show, you know, Porter Wagner and Dolly Parton. Now, there's a couple of big ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try out my new sensor tool. Oh, on my goodness. You're going to need that a lot with me. Just ask anybody. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, being around her, uh, around uh, uh, Emmy Lou, I, I could not speak yet a word. So wow. just couldn't do it. That's pretty cool. But obviously, when I went to work with Tony, we saw her quite a bit. So yeah. it got to be kind of a normal thing. And uh, one of the shows I had my uh, my son at with me, uh, this was, he was the only one born at the time. And uh, uh, she held him. So I've got pictures of him being held by Tom T. Hall and oh, Emmy cool. Lou Harris. And, wow. Yeah, it was. she was... We walked in backstage, and she said, "Give me that baby." <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. and we did. So yeah, she's a very sweet lady. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, great, uh, great rendition of that amazing song. I love a good song, and especially in the minor key, it's just haunting. Minors are fun, man. They like are. most people, you know. I mean, of course, bluegrass is based on you know G major, I guess, or whatever. But mm-hmm. you get in those minor keys, man. They're a lot of fun to play in. Well, yeah. I think it catches you off guard when you're used to listening to so many songs in G major or those type of, you know, a lot of songs are played in just B or whatever. And so yeah. all of a sudden you throw a minor song in there and I don't know, it just kind of makes you stop and go, ooh. Yeah, well, it makes you feel like that almost isn't right, you right. know, so it turns your head a little bit whenever you're listening to it. But, exactly. But I love it. I saw a funny cartoon one time. It's a, it was a picture of an old saloon and uh, and the bad guy was walking in the swinging doors and uh some guy says to the piano player, okay, change to a minor song. Like the drama's about to start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <clears throat> so we should uh we should uh use your little sensor thing for uh for songs that don't need it. We can just use like unnecessary censorship in certain places yeah. just to make it funny. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. Just start censoring out oh, songs. That's right, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Well, great job on that song. We'll um, I took a short video of that, so you can check that out uh, if you're listening to this on our Facebook page, the Hometown Bluegrass Show. Go check it out, and you can see a short clip of that and uh, kind of give you a better idea of uh, the, the the finger placement on the fretboard that Josh was doing. And um, 
uh, you'll get a better better look at that. And plus, we want to hear from you. So go to our Facebook page. We want to want to hear what you think about the show. Uh, if you got any um, uh, questions or comments that you want to ask Josh, or uh, let us know th- topics you want us to talk about, artists, or you want us to interview, please, we want to hear from you. So go to our Facebook page and check us out. So, all right, Josh, play us out. We're going to take another quick break and. When we come back, we're going to try to talk to the man himself, Mr. Doyle Lawson. Yeah. So don't y'all go anywhere. We'll be right back. Puckett's Jewelry in Benton, Kentucky has been a trusted choice for fine jewelry that will last a lifetime and help you celebrate life's most precious moments. The new owners, Bart and Hannah Lewis, are excited to continue the Puckett's Jewelry legacy in Marshall County and are proud to support bluegrass music. Puckett's Jewelry on the square in Benton, Kentucky. Visit them online at PucketsJewelry.com. Bats Creative Audio is not just a DJ service. We can provide audio for your event, either with live sound, live band, or singers. We do weddings, parties, reunions, festivals, and most any event that needs fun, entertaining music. We are prompt, professional, and have many years of experience in the wedding business. So whether it's your special day or you just want to make your party more fun, give Tim Bats a call at 270-217-2119. The Duck Blind, located in Barlow, Kentucky, is your neighborhood restaurant, bar, and grill. Stop by and try their burgers, the shotgun fixings, the greenhead taco salad, or the pintail pizza. They also are a full-service spirit store with a drive-thru. It's a great family atmosphere with live music on the back patio. The Duck Blind Bar and Grill in Barlow, Kentucky. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hometown Bluegrass Show. I am Tim Batts alongside with Mr. Josh Williams. Josh Williams. And we Glad are to here, be here having a good time on the podcast tonight. And we are so lucky and excited uh, to have a bluegrass legend with us tonight on the phone, Mr. Doyle Lawson. How you doing, Mr. Lawson? Well, I'm better than I deserve, but I'll take it. You guys all right? <laughs> We're doing great, man. Doing great, sir. Thank you so much for taking a little bit of time with us and uh, talk to the great folks about bluegrass. We miss you. We miss seeing you out. <laughs> well, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I miss the people. Uh, I, you know, I really do. Uh, it was uh, I like entertaining people and, and putting smiles on their faces and doing something hopefully that they enjoyed. And, and but I miss that part. But it. Uh, all the other ground, I got to tell you, I really don't miss that part. <laughs> I had enough of that. You don't miss being up and down the road all the time, and all the the late nights and the the horrible meals that we end well, up having to know, eat sometimes. Uh, you know, the, the the traveling never really bothered me. Uh, but you know, I've always said your buses they they're a necessary evil. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and they're they're great when they're they're good, and they are the worst when they're when they break. They break bad, and they break big. Mm-hmm. Expensive uh, breaks. So, yeah, for sure. And you don't go. Uh, it's not a couple of hundred dollars or whatever. Usually, there's no easy fix. It's always something more major. But 
But anyway, uh, but you know, I had a blessed career, uh, and uh, for me, it was it was time for me to step away, and for a number of reasons. One, I I wanted to step away when I when I was still doing it like I wanted to, like I could do it, mm-hmm. and was pleased with what I'd done. And I I told the last group I had, the, the makeup and the band, that I wasn't going to stay until I was getting applause out of out of pity and not appreciation. I, and uh, and if you stay too long, uh, that's what happens. Yeah. Well, we totally respect your decision, but we do miss you. Well, I, I had a good run. I, I, I miss it in that respect. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm pretty at, at peace with it. And, you know, I look I look back over the last couple of years, uh, and I was so glad that I, that I did because uh, – you know, my wife uh, just uh, went through a, a battle with cancer, and uh, and I was be able to be here with her uh, the whole time, not having to worry about you know what to do about the band and mm. concert dates and all that. And uh, you know, I just think that's God's way of uh, of looking at the future that we don't have a clue about. Mm-hmm. So, in in all respects, I I think that was. Uh, uh, part of part of the plan. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great, man. And and uh, uh, do tell Suzanne that uh, we'll be sending prayers and and uh, and praise to the Lord. I guess in 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 her favor as well. So it sounds like uh, was well, she able to come out on the other end, or is it still yeah, a process? They, they they've declared her cancer free, and of course, all right. Uh, she's been dealing with a little bursitis, or, or maybe a. Uh, a torn muscle uh, in her one of her hips, mm-hmm. uh, and that uh, of course I got a bionic woman. She's had both shoulders, both hips, and one knee replaced. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I said, I said, I'm sure glad they don't make it all out of medley anymore. I'd never get you through an airport. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But uh, it's just part of life. Oh yeah. You, well, what a great career you've had, Doyle. I mean, from the early '60s when you took off to Nashville and uh, teamed up with Jimmy Martin and and them boys. I mean, it's been quite a ride, hasn't it? It really has. And I, you know, look back sometimes. I just yeah, kind of marvel at the at the things that came my way. I I, I never had any. I never had any thought about ever one one day being. Uh, a band leader. All I wanted to do was be on stage with with a with a band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a, a young a young kid, I I kind of had my hopes set either hooking on with uh, Mr. Bill Monroe or or Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And as it, as it turned out, I, I met Jimmy when I was fourteen, and that of course that's a matter of public record, I, I think. But anyway, and uh, and I loved. Uh, I love the things that he was recording then. The band he had at that time with uh, with uh, J.D. Crow and Paul Williams. That uh, uh, to my ears, it was just uh, as good as anything that ever come down the pike. And, and uh, I, I love J.D.'s band picking. And little did I know that I would one day be playing. I started playing guitar with Crow, but mm-hmm. I wound up playing mandolin. And uh, but anyway. Uh, actually, and I actually played the played banjo uh, in his absence for 
three or four dates when we was uh, at the Holiday Inn. He, uh, he, had, he had some little uh, surgical procedure, or maybe a, a maybe a cyst taken off his his cheek or something like that, and he didn't want to show up all bandaged up, and and so I, I played played the banjo. We did a little trio. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Now, now, did you? What year did you go to to work with Crow? Sixty six. Sixty six. Was that your first uh, professional band? No, no. Jimmy was. You was playing with Jimmy first, okay? And then went to work. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I went to Nashville on and hired him on the third day of February, and scared to death. You know, eighteen. Oh yeah. Old. I hadn't been. I had been away from that far from home. And, and I got there in the wee hours in the morning. I called out to his house, and Barbara said, "Well, he knows you're you're coming in here. When he calls in, uh, I'll tell him, and he'll come get you." Well, I'm 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 sitting two hours or so on, in the bus station, and I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do because, I'd be honest with you, I didn't have bus fare to get back. <laughs> oh wow! Home. So anyway, <laughs> all I had my little. Well, I had my little RB100, a little knapsack, and the clothes on my back. <laughs> wow. Maybe a, maybe money enough for a couple of meals, and that was about it, you know. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Uh, what a neat story. So uh, when I assume you were living in Nashville for the time that you were playing or the Nashville area when you were with uh, Jimmy? I actually lived in the house with Jimmy. Oh, well, there you go. I, I said, Jimmy, why, why don't we, why don't we find a banjo player, and put me on the mandolin and put Vernon, Vernon Derrick, back on the fiddle, and we'll have a good five piece, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, glory. But anyway, and uh, so I ran into Alan Mundy, and that now Alan and I probably have a little different recollection, but the way I recall it, I just, I, I knew Alan from. He was picking some with Sam Bush mm-hmm. and uh, another guy, I think his name was Wayne Stewart, I believe it was. But anyway, uh, I happened to run into uh, to Alan and uh, asked him what he was doing. He was in Nashville. So I was just kind of kicking around, asking if he wanted a job. Anyway, I told Jimmy about him. And Jimmy had heard him play. And he said, well, he, he, I said, but he can. I guarantee he can play it. And if you'll hire him, I'll I'll work with him. You won't have to even rehearse with him. Well, I had an ace in the hole because I knew (laughs) just kind of point Alan in that direction. And you didn't have to teach him anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Alan is actually one of my favorite bench players. He's a great. He is. He's awesome. uh, But anyway, uh, as it turned out, Chris left, and Alan came in, played banjo, and I played mandolin. And I never recorded on banjo with Jimmy. Uh, however, there's a there's a clip, a short, silent clip on a uh, a documentary they did on the Louisiana Hayride, mm-hmm. and uh, Jimmy, and it, it's, it's real grainy, hard, but. Uh, I bought that video because I got to work the hayride one time with Jimmy in its later days when it was just on its last leg, to be honest. I think they were only having it uh, 
every third Saturday or what, I don't remember it exactly, but we yeah. went through there. We've been, and, uh, but there's a clip on that, on that documentary and, uh, that little old band's player that, that you hold, hold the banjo almost under his chin was me. <laughs> <laughs> now I've, I have seen a picture of you when you were playing with him and you did have your banjo really high. Well, yeah, I did that because we only we only had one microphone. <laughs> yeah, so that's why you did it, huh? Yeah. I'll be yeah, dang. Uh, yeah. Well, it makes and, sense. Uh, I mean. Well, yeah, it, uh, it, I didn't know what to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I know better than that. I took that job, I, and I, this true story, I took that job, and I didn't know nothing, anything, any any technical aspects of the banjo i was i learned to play banjo by listening to the radio or mm-hmm. a, a record or whatever and i just pretty much imitated or copied what i was hearing and i didn't know why it how, how I'd, other than that's what they were doing so we're rehearsing uh in early in, in uh, the next week after i hired in and there was a guy named billy edwards who uh was playing banjo when I got there, mm-hmm. and Billy Billy was going back to High Point, North Carolina. So Jimmy hired me. Mm-hmm. Well, Billy had a, he had some time to kill, so he was hanging around, and, and we were rehearsing. And and I was really struggling. I really struggled when it comes to anything three quarter time with a, with a banjo roll. I, so Jimmy he stopped. He said, "Let me see your forward roll." <laughs> I said, what is a forward roll? <laughs> <laughs> he said, you know, I said, I don't, I said, I'm playing what I hear on the records and trying my best to do, do what that is. I said, I really don't know. He said, Billy, show him that role. And, of course, Billy, Billy was part of the later uh, uh, Red Smiley and then later on the Shenboy Cut-Ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a good little bench picker, and uh, but anyway, he's why well, huh? He said, "Huh? He's ain't nothing to it." Well, he he showed the the roll pattern, and then it it all started to make sense to me. I mm-hmm. realized, okay, that's the key that that unlocks the door to anything else that you want to do, and uh, that's that's how I got started, and and I was amazed about how how quickly i progressed after that that's awesome uh, I never, but anyway nothing uh, advantage of stuff but, <laughs> so. so at what point did you go to matt to play in the mandolin pretty much all, just the mandolin well uh I, I was working when i went to work with jd i actually took that job jd was working in lexington at a little club called martin's tavern and I, I looked at he kept he kept sending word. I lived in Louisville, Kentucky at that time. And he kept sending word by a mutual friend of ours. He'd never met me. I didn't know. And uh, nobody knew who I was. And rightly so. But anyway, I finally decided to go down and look him up. And I did. And we just really became fast friends right then. And I sat in and played guitar that night. Well, on to that till. He uh, he called and said his guitar player was was laid up with uh, hepatitis and was going to be off work for a while. Would I fill in? Well, 
ironically, I just had taken a full-time position with a, a fiddle player over in Indiana that we didn't do anything other than local regional square dances and things like that. But he had pretty much that area sewed up. So it was uh, it was more picking than I was getting to do otherwise other than teach. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I started playing guitar with, with Crow, and it goes on and goes on. And uh, Eddie, the guitar player, comes back. And uh, so I'm still there. So uh, finally I said, Crow, you know, it's he's back. You want me to want me to move on? Uh, well, what happened was that little, uh, he had a little bass player that we called him Lightning. I don't know what his name was. Everybody called him Lightning. And the reason we called him Lightning was he could literally go to sleep playing the bass. (laughs) (laughs) Crow would yell at him, and he'd jump. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, I got in. uh, I got to the club early one uh, one night, and and. and Lightning comes over and says, you know, he said, we got too many people in this band. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, he said, you know, there's J.D. and there's uh, Eddie and there's Bobby. Bobby Sloan, played, mm-hmm. he was playing fiddle, playing fiddle then. Mm-hmm. And Gordon, Gordon Scott and me. And then he said, and then there's you. <laughs> I said, well, okay. <laughs> so we got we finished up that night. I said, Crow, you, you, you want me to move on? I said, Ed is back. Uh, he said, what? I said, well, you want me you want me to move on? Am I in the band or what? Now, this is how J.D. Crow hired me. He said, well, I thought you knew. That was it. So I was actually a, wow. I was actually a part a part-time musician with Crow for about almost a little over five five years. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> anyway, so uh back to that. I was playing guitar and Gordon Scott was was uh was going to the University of Kentucky and uh, and he he had an incredible falsetto tenor. But he had never played a whole lot of mandolin, but he was a heck of a blues harp. Boy, he could play a blues on the harp is chill you. But we, but he played. He could do a little turnaround. He played good rhythm. And one night we were back in the back rehearsing, uh, running through a song. And he was kind of struggling with the with a little mandolin thing. And I said, Gordon, let me have that thing. I, I may be able to help you out. And he looked at. Me and he looked at JD and they looked at each other and I took the man in the play. I said, see what that does. <laughs> <laughs> Crow said, You didn't tell me you play man. I said, Well, you didn't ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Gordon said, Hold on, whoa, whoa, wait, pal, hold on, wait. We got this all wrong. You give me that guitar. <laughs> so from being on I played mail and he played guitar. So My goodness. That's, and that's how, how it got, started. That's how I got back in. Yeah, so I started trying to play the mail when I was 11 years old. And so I, I, I learned to play band just so I could get a job, a job somewhere. Because, you know, I wanted to go to Nashville. I looked at my options and they, were what, they, were, they weren't too great. You know, uh, Jimmy had Paul Williams. And of course, Monroe was a mandolin player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know, you, you go down and look look at your 
uh, personnel, and Leslie Earl pretty much didn't carry one by then. Uh, and uh, uh, so I said, well, if I learned to play banjo, I could probably maybe get a job quicker. Plus, I love crow's picking, so that's why I became a, a banjo player mm-hmm. of sorts. <laughs> that's cool. So when, because uh, I, I know that this probably was later on, obviously, uh, when Larry Rice came into the band, you yeah. went, went back to guitar? Yeah. Or, had, or, uh, or was I, that when you left to go back with Jimmy? I was back with Jimmy, and, okay. and Larry came in to uh, uh, to fill my spot. Gotcha. And, uh, we had a Bob Morris a guitar uh before Red Allen and then when Bobby left we, uh, Crow brought brought Red Allen in mm-hmm. and we did that blue bluegrass, bluegrass holiday. holiday yeah that was recorded just to sell at the lounge we we had no idea that that thing would would get out well Dave Freeman had county record sales in New York at that time a mail order and he got got a hold of those albums and then uh, people got to want to, to see us, and of course we couldn't go much because we had that, we were working five nights a week on the end. But anyway, I left to go back to Jimmy. Red had already left. Bobby Morris came back. I went to Jimmy. Larry came in. Then Bobby up, and he uh, Morris. Bobby Morris quits again, and Crow called me. He said, "Man, uh, won't you just come on back home? You, you come on back." <laughs> And uh, uh, so, I, to be honest with you, I, I, I really did. I was ready to go back because I, I really missed. I love Jimmy and his music, but I really missed kicking with 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 Crow and those guys. Yeah. I, I, you know, Crow, Crow was like a brother. I mean, we see in the early days, we all worked day jobs mm-hmm. and played music at night. You had to, and uh, so. I was living in Louisville when I hired him with Crow, and so I was driving uh, at least three nights a week. I was doing a 200-mile round trip, mm-hmm. working five and a half days in the machine shop, and three nights a week at least, sometimes four in Lexington. And uh, I told J.D., I said, man, I'm only 22 years old, but this, this ground is getting me down. I can't. I can't hold up, and uh, so sometimes, of course, part is my fault or our fault. We would we do we'd play from nine to one for the people, and when they'd all leave, sometimes we'd go in the back and play another couple of hours for us. Yep. <laughs> and then then I'd have to go two hours home and, and grab just enough sleep to get up, and get ready to go to work, mm. and. Uh, so uh, it, it got to be uh, pretty rough. So Crow was uh, working as a shipping clerk at this place. And he got me uh, on with him as his assistant in the shipping department. Nice. And he, uh, the Wilson brothers, uh, Tilford Wilson was the guy that, that the, the, there were two brothers, but you, only, you never saw them, but one of them. So Crow said, "Now look," he said, "I don't don't tell him you play music. He knows I do, and he's okay with it. But now he's just just don't say anything about it." So I, anyway, he hired me, <laughs> and uh, so 
basically though he was you know Crow was my boss day and night there for for a good while you know and, oh, mm-hmm. but but we would uh, we we break for lunch and, and you know we're young guys I'm telling you and so there was a place over <laughs> there's a place over on Broad Street and we go for uh, for lunch and they had the best tenderloin steak sandwiches and it unfortunately uh, it just went down perfect with a good cold beer so <laughs> we would do that you know? <laughs> well we got where the summertime that that, that one just didn't quite quench our thirst of course we, we'd take we'd take one or two back and put it put it under the counter well that went pretty good for a while and then we looked up one day and, and uh, there was mr wilson oh no uh, he cro- Crow, Crow could get away with anything. Well, he see back in those days, JD had red hair, real, mm-hmm. real dark red, and a lot of it. And anyway, <laughs> and so and and uh, Miss Wilson always called him Red. He he listened. Are you having a cold? Are you Red? He said, Yeah. <laughs> he said, Yeah. I tell her it's it's hot back here, and he never said another word. Then that evening, the uh, superintendent came down and said, by the way, uh, Mr. Wilson says you all can't go to lunch together anymore. <laughs> 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 so that, that ended all that. Oh, that's then, funny. Then he was making us work five and a half days a week in the shipping department. Well, on Saturday, it was dead at Hank Williams. There wasn't much goes on, you know. Mm-hmm. So J.D. and I, J.D. And I decided that we, we came up with this thing that, could call in sick the next Saturday I could call in and that worked pretty good for a while <laughs> <laughs> for a few Saturdays <laughs> well I called in one morning and dad burned uh, Mr. Wilson he never was there on Saturday but that day he was mm. and I said children I said this Lawson I said I can't come in today I'm feeling bad You're feeling bad are you I said yes sir he said well, you got a stomach ache? I said, oh, yeah. He said, you got a headache? I said, I believe it's the worst I ever had. He said, well, you got a, he, he said, you got the same thing Red's got. Oh, no. <laughs> so oh, man. From that, that, that we had to quit that, too. <laughs> man, that so sounds like you, you and J.D. Crow got in a lot of trouble, though. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> we, we, yeah, we had a time. <laughs> oh man, that's just so cool. I miss, I miss him. I do too, man. Yeah. I really yeah. do. You know, he was like family oh, yeah. to me too. You know, uh, oh yeah. You yeah. know, I I knew him since I gosh, I was about ten, I think, when I met him. And of course, I was you know I'm a recovering banjo player too, so I was you know. Uh, I wanted to be him, and when I got to meet him, oh yeah, know, he yeah. said, uh, he said, uh, uh, I bet you know Steve Chandler, and I said, yeah, I do, you know, and that he said, <laughs> well, you know, he's a good friend of mine, of course, you know, I think that was around the time that Flashback had just come out on their record, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but for the first four. Probably three or four years of my my son Weldon, uh, first few years of his life, he had no idea that Crow wasn't his grandpa. And, <laughs> like really, and and the funny thing is, is he knew he knew two people from just from that age of who he wanted to listen yeah. to. It was Crow. Yeah. He either wanted to listen to Crow, 
or Doyle. He knew those two names. <laughs> so, so I raised him right. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, you were half right anyway. <laughs> Man. I heard Bill Monroe say one time, I wanted to use some kind of name so people would know where I was from, so I took the name Bluegrass. There's not a prettier name in the whole world. The Hometown Bluegrass Show. Welcome back to the Hometown Bluegrass Show, folks. Uh, we had a great show today, lots of fun, and man, talking to a legend, Doyle Lawson. Man, yeah, absolutely. Just, um, what a great guy, but also what a legend, man. I mean, well-deserved seat in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's for sure. So many stories, uh, so much fun, and just the most amazing uh, attitude as a human being. I mean, just down to earth and just such a super guy. Well, don't think for one second he didn't see a lot of stuff, you uh, know. I guarantee but, it. Well, I bet he has. <laughs> he has, man. You yeah. can't be in the business this long and, and you know. Yeah, you're right. Exactly right. Playing bluegrass for a living ain't no walk in the park. <laughs> <laughs> You've been there, done that, Oh, ain't man, you? I'm telling you. But I ain't done it like him, yeah. you know. I mean, I, I'm even when I came along and started doing this, the, the times were different. You know, there were... Uh, luxuries that they didn't have back then. Yeah. You know, I mean, listen to him talking about being at the bus station with just the clothes on his back and oh, I know, enough only, money for a couple meals or something. Yeah, my goodness. Yeah, that's crazy. Some of those stories were just unbelievable. So, I, I wanted there was so much I wanted to ask him. We would have been here all night, but um, I mean, I just wanted to ask him how the genre has changed over the years because he's just seen all aspects of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, he's seen it all. So. Yeah. There was a story with Jimmy Martin too, that I wanted to talk to him about that we ran out of time, but, uh, uh, there was, uh, and he was already with the country gentleman when this had happened, but somebody, uh, has a friend of mine has a recording of this live show at a festival mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, whoever was playing mandolin with Jimmy at the time didn't show up. So he said that we've borrowed Doyle Lawson from the country gentleman's and, uh, and plural, yeah, plural. <laughs> and he said, uh, uh, Doyle, do you remember how to kick off uh, Ocean of Diamonds? <laughs> and Doyle said, I sure do, son. <laughs> and Jimmy Martin's response was, Oh, okay. Oh, you my daddy now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord. Oh man, so good, so good. That is great. There's so many awesome stories. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh man! I love this genre of music. I love the people. Oh, I know. Golly. it's all about the people. The man, it's just great music with great people. It really is, man. It it's really is. So awesome. So, well, I love doing this show with you, man. We Likewise. have a great time. Yeah, this is fun. People don't realize how much fun it is either. But we have some fun. We have, <laughs> there's all kinds of fun, fun we're having when when nobody else is no listening. Doubt. Well, oh, thanks man. so much for joining the hometown bluegrass show. Brought to you by Allen Music Shop. Dot com. com. See Goodbye. This has been a Bats Creative Audio production.